heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Well, the debates have passed. Many of the American people did not tune into the first GOP primary debates because they just weren't interested in hearing what they anticipated hearing. And I can't say I blame them in many ways. Of course, at the same time as that event, uh, we actually had another really interesting thing going on, and that was a discussion, an interview between Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson. It proved to be most interesting, and so did the result of it all prove to be interesting, and it made a big point. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. I am filling in once again for our great leader, Malcolm. Today, you'll also be hearing from one of our own America Out Loud team, Paul Engel. He is an author and speaker who has both studied and taught the Bible and the Constitution. I can say that uh, Paul is a great patriot, and he encourages people to stand for the principles that make America great. So I will be inviting him on real soon. In the meantime, I would like to really begin by focusing on the entire plot to take down an all-American president, because that is what is transpiring right now. Now, if you happened to have tuned in to Tucker's interview with Donald Trump, um, you might have caught a few things and maybe questioned a few things. For example, um, Tucker produced a theory and he introduced his theory with what seemed like a, a, a totally unrelated topic. And that was the topic of the Epstein death. Did Jeffrey Epstein kill himself? Was he, uh, was he killed or what exactly happened? And Tucker actually asked that question early on in the interview and I, like many people, wondered, like, is this just small talk? Is this just chatter? Is it insignificant? But Tucker actually answered that question for us when he explained that it possibly relates to what we are seeing right now. Tucker theorized that um, the left has produced an escalated response to take down uh, former President Trump. And of course, when Trump was in office, it began actually even before his administration began. But um, we have to understand the issues at hand. And the issue right now, in my opinion, there is no greater issue than the election. There is a question of whether or not we will have an election. And if we do, will it actually be a free election? Will it be free from the fraud, from the chaos, from everything that we saw 
previously, and most people absolutely declare the answer to be a resounding no. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a fight. And whether or not we will actually have an honest election is highly, highly debatable. And for many people, whether or not we'll even have any kind of election at all is debatable. And the reason for that The real reason for this issue is because the Democrats actually fear only one man, and that is Donald Trump. The rhinos fear only one man, and all these people hate Donald Trump with a passion, with all their heart. And that includes nearly all organized politicians the ones that are bought off, those that choose to be blind, or just the plain and stupid among them. And that includes people who are in various government agencies. They are following the narrative, they have drunk the Kool-Aid, and they are just participants in the evil that we see right now that is taking down America. Now, If you did happen to listen to the GOP primary debate, um, I don't know what your feelings were about it. There's, There's a lot of variation on that. Most people are not happy. Most people felt that anything that was said or that could have been said would have been insignificant because these are really second rate players. We, we think about, about them being minor league players. They are not in the same class with Donald Trump. And um, the real concern was that in that debate, none of the crucial issues were discussed to any significant extent whatsoever. We, for example, heard not a single word on election integrity. We heard nothing about the COVID tyranny that we have been plagued with since, at least since early 2020. And we saw the first cases, I treated the first cases uh, of COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2 virus in late October, early November, 2019. Every patient I treated got better in a week, 100% success. However, the government had a plan to use this virus to control us. And the issue, of course, always is control. So we have all these people who have played into this narrative, and the narrative has one major objective, and that is to overthrow America. And that's the objective that pertains to the United States in particular, but the globalists want a totalitarian empire. They are telling this to us in every single way. And right now, the same things that have plagued us in the past are plaguing us again, including the election integrity, including the COVID tyranny that we saw in the past. Here it comes again, because we are now about to enter the new cold and flu season. And I guarantee you all of the threats of masking, of lockdowns, of being restricted in travel, in socializing, in going to your favorite restaurant, whatever it may be, it's going to be hindered again because they want to shut us down again. And of course, A primary reason is because there is an election coming and 
the Democrats absolutely know that they cannot fairly win this election. That is just a given. They are not running on anything that is worth anybody's time. They have nothing good to offer the people of the United States. And that aligns with their own wishes. So we uh, are going to hear a whole lot more about it. And it's already been whispered in the winds. Uh, there is a TSA informant who says it's all coming back and it's going to hit in October where they're going to mandate masks again on the airplanes and with all public transportation. And that can affect us in one of two ways. And it all depends on how we respond to that. So we can expect more tyranny ahead in the very near future. And we can expect to be combating the lawlessness that we have seen also in the past. And I'm talking about the violence with Antifa, with Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the complete ignoring of our constitution of law and order. Uh, we are just not going to see it because the left does not want the Constitution to be on our minds. They want to dig, disengage our minds completely from everything that made America great, including the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, including Christianity, including everything that made America great. They want no part of it. So we are truly, right now, a nation in severe crisis. We're in trouble. And we had better decide on how we are going to respond to this crisis and respond we must. And everybody knows it. But the fact is that only a few people in our country really have the backbone, the testosterone to call it what it is. And why is that? Well, because most people are simply living in fear. And the people are living in fear because of the tyranny that has been imposed upon us. But they've never held a gun to our heads. And that's what plagues me. Why are we so obedient to an evil regime that is clearly aiming to take us down? Uh, the reason is people are afraid that they might be the next January 6th hostages in the gulags, you know, victims of the Gestapo FBI team. They don't, they're afraid the FBI will show up at their door. We cannot talk about certain things according to our thinking based on our indoctrination because we fear that we will be attacked and there's nothing we can do. Now, that is a myth. That is not true, but it is what most people in America believe, and I would include nearly all conservatives on that. They don't want to be the next person destroyed by a Marxist regime. But don't we see it? We are being destroyed by the regime. Piece by piece, inch by inch, little by little, they are taking away our freedoms one at a time. This is exactly the way it went down in the 1930s and early 40s Germany. It was oppression 
but it didn't quite feel like oppression because it was so incremental that it was almost undetectable. People thought, oh, just one more little thing. Okay, I can give them this. I can yield to this. But we must realize that every time we yield to this rogue government faction, we are setting ourselves up for becoming their full-blown slaves. So I asked the question, when is it actually going to be bad enough for us to raise a storm? I mean, where is our threshold of tolerance? When are we going to say we have had enough? I really wonder what event will it be that does break the straw on the camel's back? Because the event that causes the people to rise up and resist obviously is going to have to be something cataclysmic, something so vicious, so emotionally disturbing that, you know, it's going to be, it's just going to be outlandish. And that scares me because in my opinion, when I look at what has been happening in our country, I see nothing but outlandish events happening almost on a daily basis. So what is going to be that event that causes the people to rise up and to, to finally resist in a meaningful way? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm not a complete idiot, and I do have some ideas on what that may be. Now, the first thing I want to talk about today is Tucker's observation of a graduated assault on President Trump. And in the beginning of that interview, Tucker Carlson brought up the issue of Epstein and he asked President Trump, do you think that he killed himself? And Trump hemmed and hawed. Well, you know, I, I don't think he killed himself. I mean, he had a pretty good life, and all of a sudden he's in prison. I mean, that, that's reason for suicide, right? And he says, but of course, a lot of people think that he was killed because he knew a lot of people, and he had a lot of dirt on a lot of people. And here he was in prison and very much in a position of compromising the truth, telling people who was on the Lolita Express, who was involved in his scheme uh, to prostitute little children. And we know that there were presidents of the United States involved in that. We know there were a lot of super elites, a lot of people in the limelight in Hollywood, uh, billionaires uh, like Bill Gates. We know he was there. That's probably why his wife divorced him. You know, but uh, but the, the important point is that Tucker brought up Epstein because he wanted to make a point and he was leading into that. And it took him a little while to get back to it. But he says, first, you know, there was the protests against President Trump and he was ridiculed. He was criticized. He was given bad advice. They wanted to make President Trump look bad any way that they could. They wanted people to hate him. And it was just the opposite of what was happening. And so all of their protests, all of their attempts at 
at ridiculing Trump, making him look like an inferior who didn't belong in government. It didn't work. And so they went on with the Russia hoax. And then that didn't seem to work because through all that, there were no findings whatsoever. Nothing against Trump to suggest that he was in bed with the Russians. In fact, it was quite the opposite, we found out. But the, then they went on to impeachments. And there were two impeachments. The first began December 18, 2019. And, then, and that was during the 116th Congress, where the House of Representatives adopted two articles of impeachment. One was for abuse of power. The second was for obstruction of Congress. Now, what happened? What was the fallout from that? Well, President Trump was acquitted by the Senate on February 5th, 2020. So the first impeachment didn't work. And so they tried it again. And there was a second impeachment on January 13th, 2021. That was a week before his term expired. And this was actually the fourth impeachment of a U.S. president. Now, I was really surprised when I first heard that. There have only been two others and two of them now against one president. That was pretty surprising. And even more surprising were 10 Republicans who voted for the second impeachment. That was a first as well. What was the disposition on that? Well, Trump was indicted on August 1st, 2023 for charges of so-called incitement of insurrection. So with that being the case, and of course, this was another completely bogus charge, or was it? Let me bring on Paul Engel and ask this constitutionalist, Paul, what do you think about this whole thing? Did they have any basis um, from the Constitution to impeach President Trump? And did they actually believe that their takedown would work to destroy President Trump? Well, Steve, thanks for having me. The from a constitutional standpoint, there are really only three things that you can impeach a president or any officer other than a judge, any officer of the United States other than a judge, and that is bribery, treason, or high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, by the way, we don't use the word misdemeanor the way they did back in the 18th century. A misdemeanor is bad behavior that doesn't quite rise to a crime. So the, the question of impeachment, uh, it, remember, it's the the, the only truly representative branch of the federal government is Congress. And it, it's the method by which Congress, as the representatives of the people and of the states, can deal with an out-of-control executive, same way they can deal with an out-of-control judiciary. The problem is, as you know, Thomas Jefferson was concerned of, it became less of a tool for good government and became more of a political axe to wield, which is, you look at the the articles of impeachment and again there was nothing there was no there 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 was a lot of assumptions a lot of presumptions and you know okay if you kind of look at it this way and you sort of kind of make up this you know if, if you believe everything the news media has been saying then oh yeah okay we can impeach trump because you know he's 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 acted uh, uh this way but it was all based on lies. It was a self. It was a circular lie uh, situation where you know, they were the 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 Democrats in many cases were leaking information to the press. The press was then announcing it back, and the Democrats were saying, "See, we can impeach him because well, the the press said so." 
Uh, same thing with the with the the FBI and the DOJ. They were leaking information to the press. The press would would repeat what they were told, and they said, "See, we have reasons to investigate because, well, we heard it on the uh, from the media, but the media was getting it from the DOJ in the first place." It is the complete breakdown of any concept of justice or the rule of law. Uh, I, I believe you're right. I believe this is this is kind of the culmination of years of the corruption of the justice system. But what's been happening in the last few years is just it, it, jaw dropping. If you if we weren't here to witnesses witnesses, I don't believe um, if you were to write this up like maybe as a Tom Clancy novel, they wouldn't believe it except for the fact that we're actually living through it. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it's very interesting that you brought up the original intent uh, on the misdemeanor as being one of the uh, legitimate um, purposes of impeachment. Um, you're saying there was an out of, you know, that's the to get rid of a, a president who is completely out of control. Now, the Democrat Party um, and the establishment actually did believe that Trump was out of control. I mean, with his mean tweets and so forth. I mean, does that qualify based on what the founders intended or who was it that was out of control? Which side? Was it President Trump or was it the opposition, which was about everybody else in Congress? Well, it, very simple. You can believe, I think it was Daniel Patrick Moynihan that said, we're all entitled to our own opinions. We're not entitled to our own facts. And that's really where things went wrong. We were so worried about opinions, we paid no attention to the facts, or at least those in Congress paid a little attention. And let's face it, um, while, yes, a few uh, uh, a few Republicans voted for it, what you had was a, 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 a partisan attack. Uh, we don't like this guy. Now, granted, it wasn't when, – and when I say partisan, I'm not simply talking about donkeys versus elephants. I look at it slightly differently. It's 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 the idea of the entrenched, powerful central government versus anybody that challenges that. You can almost take it back to the beginning of the republic when you had federalists and anti-federalists. That's more the way I, I look at it. So when you see the the uh, whether they're Democrats or Republicans that are so vitriolically hateful of Trump, he disrupts. If he got his way, it would disrupt disrupt the status quo. Uh, all of these people that enter Congress as, you know, getting along and suddenly end their careers as multimillionaires, you know, you lose all of that. The power they they claim to exercise, they don't want to lose it. And anybody right. that turns around and says this is a threat to them, they fight back. Yes. Now you're you're talking, you know, you're talking about a dichotomy here of the Federalists and Anti-Federalists. Um, I get that. And that was in fact the issue. That was the two parties of that time. But we have a totally different dichotomy now. And and basically it's the globalists versus the constitutionalists or the nationalists. Um and I think what we were saying with President Trump, I mean, if you ask, why was he such a populist leader? Uh, why was he so popular among the people? It's because people see through the nonsense and we realize that government has gotten way too big, way too out of control. And so it's just a matter of uh, who is the real culprit here. And I think it's very obvious that we are not 
we are not seeing a fight between two opposing political parties. What we are seeing is an insurrection, in my opinion, of a, a rogue government faction. They have infiltrated the government and they have taken over our country and they now rule us as dictators, as an oligarchy, perhaps. Um, we don't know still who the president really is. We have an acting puppet president, but is it Obama? Is I mean, that's uh, everybody seems to point to that. And I'd like to discuss that a little further on the second part of the show. But um, they are determined to take down President Trump right now, former President Trump, because if he gets into office again, we know he is going to clean house. And I think they fear him every bit as much as the American people fear our out of control government right now. Our, we fear that our government is, is destroying America. And in that same way, I think that the opposition party, what I call the communist American party, fears Donald Trump in the same exact way, because there is no way that they are going to be able to proceed as they have. And when I say they, I'm talking about not just our own government, but the world, the globalists, our enemies, Iran, uh, China, Russia. It's going to be a different picture with Trump in office. And I believe that it's not just the majority of the American people that want Trump back in office so that we can have some sanity brought back to life. But I think it's the entire world that is hoping that he will get back in office because it was so much better. But look at what they're doing now, Paul. What do you think of all these indictments? I mean, we, there have been four indictments against him in general. Um, do you think any of them have any legitimacy? Well, I need to back up for just a second because you said something that, that I want to point out. You know, a rose by any other name smells as sweet. Well, stinkweed by any other name smells just as ugly. And if you think about it, you know, whether it's Federalist and Anti-Federalist or Democrat, Republican, Marxist, Progressive versus, you know, Libertarian. What you're talking about is a, a, a battle of wills between a strong centralized government and a decentralized power base and what you're seeing is, is it's the same story just different characters coming on the stage so when you're talking about the globalists they want a strong centralized global government but they're still just talking about a strong centralized government uh so I, I, to me i see this as as a, a continuation of a theme and 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 i think when i look at it that way it helps me at least understand or uh, some of what's been going on the uh, you're right. The those who believe in a strong government, um, they are terrified of Trump because I believe because they can't control him. Uh, you know, they he, no matter what they say, he every every president that I'm in my entire lifetime um, has been moderate, meaning uh, they, yes, they've been more Marxist or they've been more socialist. Or they've been, but there was a certain central area where where they all kind of tried to play. Uh, that kind of changed with Obama, and it certainly has changed with Biden. The difference with Trump was when the, the we'll call it the swamp, call it the deep state, call it whatever you want. When they tried to control Trump, he didn't simply shut down, shut up, and follow their lead. He talked about it. He exposed it. He fought against them, which is why 
in my opinion, the bureaucratic state worked so hard to undermine his administration, whether it Absolutely. be the the the, the uh, attack on his policies, the leaking of information, the lies that were created, because he is. Listen, uh, Trump personally, not a fan. I'm not a fan of the bombast. I, I, I you know, I, I like you know, I like someone who will tell the truth even when it's ugly. But the name calling and stuff, I, I don't need to deal with that. And I look at, so I, I don't look at individuals. I look at their policies. So I look at Trump's policies, and some of his policies were good. Some of his policies were evil. But that's going to be true of pretty much everybody. But the one thing I have to say about Trump is, you knew what you were getting. There's, there's no, there's no, you know, hiding it. He is a, you know, he he is a, a loudmouth bull in a china shop. Says whatever comes to the top of his his head. That's who he is. And right. so, so he's very him, transparent. Yeah. Very, yeah. And that allowed him to do things. The fact that he refused to to listen. Hey, they moved the uh, Israeli embassy, the embassy in Israel to you know, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. President for decades have been promising to do that. He actually did it. Right. He was a get things done kind of a guy. And of course, you know, any person's greatest strengths can also be their greatest weakness. And I think that was used against him when it came to Operation Warp Speed, for example. I wish he'd address that. But let's get back to this issue with Tucker Carlson and his observations. So he says the protests followed by the impeachments and now the indictments. Now, the first indictment was the hushed money one with Stormy Daniels alleging that Trump had this you know, affair with a porn star. Now, that's just absolutely nonsense. He still has a trial date of March 25th in 2024. Uh, is that ever going to happen? I don't know. But, you know, th they are going to push this to all end. And there's a reason for that. The second one was the classified documents, you know, accusing him of illegally retaining classified information after he left office, hence the Mar-a-Lago raid. He has 38 overlapping criminal offenses. He has a trial date set for 20 May of 2024. So some ways into the future. And then uh, number three, indictment regarding the 2020 election, accusing him of efforts to overturn the results of his 2020 election loss. Now, look at the evidence for it being a steal. It is overwhelming. But he was arraigned on 3 August 2020, uh, compliments of the DOJ's special counsel, Jack Smith. And now, from what I understand, the trial has, the case has been just dismissed. Um, so that might be one less. Uh, I, I'm still waiting to hear the last word on that. But from my understanding, I think that's gone. And then finally, indictment number four. Of course, this is the most ridiculous of all the Georgia Rico and, and conspiracy theory uh, thing the or this conspiracy allegations. Uh, they're accusing him of massive criminal uh, enterprise to overturn the 2020 election results. Now, of course, this is right out of the communist playbook because it's exactly what the left uh, progressives have been doing. And, and yet he faces 13 charges uh, on the uh, Georgia conspiracy and RICO charges each charge has a maximum prison sentence of three to 20 years. So it is very apparent that they're hoping to get this guy put away. And I think that this was the point 
that Tucker Carlson was trying to make that, look, they're trying every which way they can to take down Trump. And every time they do, Trump thrives and is getting more and more support. And so Tucker Carlson asked, well, what's next? And he just flat out asked uh, Donald Trump, are they going to kill you? Now, that's a very legitimate question, in my opinion. And they know that if they can somehow imprison him, and if they can breach the law and get his security guards away from Donald Trump for just a short period of time, well, maybe he might suicide himself. And that is the point that Tucker was making. And of course, there's the, the desired image, if they can get him into prison, make him look like the jailbird that they want him to be. They're hoping everyone is just going to forget about him. Oh, he must have been a criminal. He was guilty of something. But the question is, what would the impact be of imprisoning President Trump? What do you think that would be? Well, first of all, you need to, we need to all understand a couple of things. One is there is a fundamental concept of justice, and that is you investigate crimes looking for perpetrators. You do not investigate people looking for crimes. That, as you said, that's the Soviet style. I forget if it was Lenin or Stalin who said, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. That's what we've seen. If you, That's right. It, and that's the concern, isn't it? Well, we are ignoring the Constitution. Well, to, to, if you look at it, or the the indictments, a lot of people put, well, he was indicted. I'm sorry. There is a saying among lawyers, a good prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich. The right. fact that, that a grand jury system, which is 100% one-sided on the prosecution side, the defense does isn't there. They don't call witnesses. They don't cross-examine. The defense has absolutely nothing to do with the grand jury. So- because all this is a prosecutor says I could convince a group of people, uh, generally it's like 13 out of 24, that my case is good enough that it should go to trial. So I don't put a lot of weight on those. And then when we see the basis for these, it is to me, it, it is beyond embarrassing that things that are not that that are blatantly not crimes like, oh, uh, we rented a room to have a meeting. That's that's part of, you know, uh, was in pursuance of a conspiracy. What conspiracy? You never listed one single conspiracy this was to pursue. Well, the other I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that, Paul. But, but what does it mean? The fact that they are doing this, okay, doesn't that tell us something? I mean, and the question that people are asking, and, and I think what Tucker was asking is, look, th these people are now acting like a cornered animal. A threatened cornered animal and they i think are trying to go in for the kill because they know that if they don't get rid of donald trump donald trump just might get rid of them so do you think they would possibly want to assassinate trump you know i i don't know i i i tend not to go too far off on a limb because it, this, this whole idea that uh trump is either going to save us or destroy us why, George Washington warned us about this back in in seventeen was it seventeen ninety seven in his farewell address. Yes. He warned us that yes, the 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 um, animosity, so the 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 spirit of revenge natural to party dissension, is its own frightful despotism, and it would lead people to look for salvation in the individual, and one of them will get elevated to godhood, to kingdom shape, and that's what we've seen. That's what we've seen. But yes. part of it is 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 our 
the American people's, I believe part of it is our lack of understanding of the Constitution, not even the whole law, just, just those 8,000 words. We don't, would if we had a basic understanding that 99% of what we've been talking about would simply evaporate from the public mind because it's like, that's ridiculous. You're telling me he can't talk about what he believes? That's ridiculous. You're telling me you can't go out and rent a room? That's ridiculous. You're telling me you can't challenge an election when for, was it uh, 20 years almost? Well, actually, no. But when, when for 12 of the 20 years in this century, the Democrats have done nothing but question elections. But now suddenly he does it and it's wrong. I, I was having this discussion with somebody. Uh, uh, if you look at the Georgia, they claim that uh, he was... Uh, attempting to to deny the election, uh, the presidential election. The presidential election hadn't happened yet. Most people don't realize the president is not elected in November. He's right. not even elected in December. He is not elected until January. But our universal ignorance of the Constitution and the way we uh, elect presidents means right. statements right. like that, people go, oh, okay, well, he was trying to overturn the election. The election hadn't happened yet. That's right. But the, the issue is, and I think you raise a good point, people just do not understand the Constitution. And many times, in my opinion, it is the politicians themselves who do not understand the Constitution. Uh, well, with that, we are going to take a short pause and then I will return momentarily. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at Liberty at America Outloud.com. Liberty at America Outloud.com. World class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. 
Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. And welcome back. This is Malcolm at Eight, the voice of a nation. Dr. Steve Latulip here filling in for Malcolm. And today we have as a guest Paul Engel, who is an author and speaker who has spent a lot of time studying the Bible and the Constitution. And he's been a great patriot. Please remember uh, that you can get all the articles and podcasts and the pertinent news at AmericaOutloud.news. This is a great resource. We have a newsletter out now that goes out uh, monthly, and it is always the uncensored truth from a team that is always putting God and country first. And that's important because you want the real news, and we want you to get the news out there to other people. Please also visit AmericaOutloud.shop for the latest in the health products and innovations. And you do use the OutLoud code to get special discounts. You are our family and we are striving to do everything we can to keep you healthy, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And all three are very important. Today, I am discussing a topic that is very concerning to most people. It should be on everybody's mind. We are now witnessing the plot to take down an all-American president, Donald Trump. There is a reason for that. And we've been discussing today the nature of that takedown. And uh, what I can appreciate with my guest, Paul Engel here, is that he is stating that the Constitution um, has tremendous value, and if we ignore it, we are in trouble. And that's where we are at today. Because if we don't get back to making the Constitution our standard, our standard of law and order in this nation, then we have a free-for-all. And what we really have to ask as individuals of America, as people who have reaped all the benefits of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, recognizing that we as individuals have God-given rights to pursue life, to pursue liberty and happiness, and that is just on its way out the door. So the question is, you know, when did this insurrection really begin? If you were to ask a lot of people, and it's coming around more and more, I see, all roads do seem to lead back to Barack Obama. Now, I consider Obama to be an imposter. I believe 
Personally, he is an illegitimate president. He has never produced a birth certificate yet. And I know there's, there's, most people don't even want to go there. They don't want to address the issue. It's like, how could we be duped for two full terms of a presidency by someone who didn't even qualify? People don't want to talk about that. Um, but, uh, you know, look at everything that Obama did. He, he started with his Obamacare early on, and that was the beginning of the takedown of medicine. And now we have seen the full mutiny of medicine in America. And everything that he pushed with his radical Muslim roots and anti-Christian dogma in every way, you know, he opposes the Bible, he opposes the Constitution, he opposes the American way of life. I mean, how many times did Barack say, uh, that's not who we are? He's trying to redefine us, is he not? He's trying to change us. He's trying to take away our identity. And from what I can see, he was very effective at doing it because he took away our Constitution. That was his goal. Paul, what's your comments on that? Well, I would say, you know, like so many things, uh, the, there's nothing so long as instant fame. Uh, to me, the Obama administration was the culmination of decades of attacks on the Constitution. Uh, on the way, in fact, I'd even go all the way back to the 1930s, in the, uh, the 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 point where the American people were willing to give up their rights and and for a false offer of of being taken care of. Um, you know, but we we've we talk about people taking away our rights. They haven't taken away our rights. We've given them away. Look at the, um, you're sure. Okay. You've got the, you have the affordable care act. The affordable care act only happened because for decades, the American people were more interested in being bribed by the federal government than in protecting their rights. Alexis de Tocqueville said, you know, this, the United States will continue to exist until Congress realizes it can bribe the public with the public's money. So you have people who vote for employees in government more based on how much money they're going to get back than on whether or not that person follows the Constitution, knows the Constitution, fulfills their oath of office. We don't care. Send us the money. That's all that the American people of all they, they, they care about was getting their money. And of course, it doesn't take a politician too long to figure out if all they're going to vote for is, what, is how much bacon I bring home. I'm going to bring home the bacon. That is the that set up the situation where a group of uh, of unconstitutionally minded representatives. Because you talk about Obamacare, Obama didn't create Obamacare. The Congress created Obamacare. The House created. Well, actually, the House started, and then the Senate went back and kind of trashed everything, and they and they started again. The representatives of the people and the representatives of the states drafted. Obamacare. We call it Obamacare because he 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 uh, campaigned on it. But it was our employees in Congress that gave us Obamacare. It is our employees in Congress that have dragged up a $33 trillion debt. It is our employees in Congress that passed the Patriot Act. The president is, executes the laws. He doesn't make the laws. 
contrary to a pen and a phone. It's Congress that are the people that directly represent us and directly represent our states. Okay, okay, but let me let me stop you there and ask you this. Now, from what I have seen, when Obama was in office, it seemed to me that he was behind every bad deal that we faced. I mean, he infiltrated the government. He got people into different offices and everything that he did. I mean, look, he weakened our military. He destroyed our economy. He enriched our enemies, right? How many millions of dollars went to Iran? Uh, cash even, right? And um, don't you think he had some influence on the rest of government? And, and and I would agree with you this, you know, what you're saying, Paul, in a nutshell, is that we went from being somewhere back in our history as Americans, uh, as being one nation under God, and we suddenly somewhere gradually became one nation under greed. Is that now what you're saying? Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. But remember, yes, Obama was part of it. He He was the spokesperson. He had the bully pulpit. But the legislation came out of Congress, and we hired the members of the House, and we hired the members in the Senate. We hired them, and we picked people that would place party above the Constitution, that would place, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, that, that would that would place what they thought would get them elected above their oath to the Constitution. I use this line all the time: How can you tell when a politician is lying? Their, well, their lips are moving, right? But what does it say about the American people that for decades we have not only knowingly hired people that are lying to us, the ones who lie the best we keep around the longest? Okay, but can you say that we are still hiring politicians when we have so much fraud in elections? I mean, we see ballot harvesting. We see everything. We, you know, we we see that the the election process has just gone amok. And, and so we're no longer we the people that are regulating our government. I mean, we really have no say. I, I believe we've become a dictatorship or an oligarchy. But the election process is, is not some independent thing. Every election is run by people that are elected by we the people. Every election starts at the county level. You have county board of electors. You have county election supervisors. They are elected by the people of that county. If you hire people that are more worried about donkeys and elephants than they are about actually performing their duty, if we don't hold those employees accountable, we ultimately are the ones responsible. You know, Go back to Teddy Roosevelt. The buck stops in the United States. The buck stops with the American people. Because either the the people we hired are doing it or the people that they hired are doing it, and we keep putting them there. How many times do we have to bash our thumb with a hammer before we figure we should move our fingers before we start swinging that thing? Apparently, it's a few strikes more. Are you suggesting, Paul, that we are reaping what we have sown? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we we put ourselves in this situation when we decided to, that it was too difficult to bother to vet people we want to vote for, to be involved. We, we wanted to be left alone. Let somebody else do it. We'll hire experts to go do this. And we just leave us alone and, you know, send us our checks. Make sure we get, you know, our our Social Security and our Medicaid and our Medicare and our welfare and our food stamps and this and that and the other. And as long as you do that, leave us alone. 
we you know you take you know, we took the hands off the wheel and we let the car go careening towards the cliff and every time someone says oh boy i hope somebody will stop us why don't we just grab a hold of that steering wheel and start making changes we spent 150 years piling up this heap of dung we are not going to shovel it away it's not going to happen in an election it's not going to happen in a decade i'd be surprised if it even happened in my lifetime but if we don't decide that our right, our liberty is so important, is more important than simply being left alone, then this pile is going to get bigger, not smaller. As Patrick Henry said, he asked, is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? And the American people for decades have said, yes. Well, Okay, I, I cannot disagree with you, Paul. Um, you know, it takes me to uh, a verse of scripture that I want to share briefly because it's kind of a rather obscure verse of scripture in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter seven, starting at verses thirteen, and then just for, verse fourteen and uh, as well. But um, I'm seeing it everywhere on the internet, uh, on, on all the social media platforms, and it says this. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, I think that's what you're saying, Paul, in another way. And uh, I don't disagree with that at all. And I suppose that raises my greatest concerns of all, because I certainly don't see an awful lot of people who would be willing to meet the requirements of this condition for peace and prosperity, to humble ourselves, to pray to Almighty God for his sustenance, for his providence. I don't see people doing that. I don't see people seeking God's face in America anymore. And I don't envision people being eager to turn from their wicked ways. And I don't want to do, I don't want to be a, a negative depression auto here, but that is what I see. And yet it is what is going to take because please correct me if I'm wrong. Does not history teach us that every single nation that glorified God and lived according to God's standard, which now is the Bible, they thrived. And we thrived in America as a result of that at one time, despite all of our imperfections. I'm not saying we were perfect by any means, but at least we gave God the glory and honor that he deserved. And I don't see that anymore. And of course, they're trying to destroy Christianity right now. Well, the interesting thing about the, the verse you quoted is God didn't say, if my kings will humble themselves and pray, if my if the political leaders, if the donkeys, if the elephants, if the rulers of my land, no. He said, if my people. My people, that's right. We have work to do. Now, here's the interesting thing. We've sent there's a I, I there was a book came out in 2011. I just was using it in one of my radio broadcasts. Um, they found an interesting phenomenon. Uh, if you look at a we, we always think of a democratic process, we're the United States is a republic, not democracy. But the, the idea of that the majority 
chooses the direction. And what they found is that if 3.5, just 3.5% of the population is dedicated towards a cause, they get their way every time. And that tells me a lot. It makes me wonder of the, the rampant insanity that we see that is life today. Everything from, you know, you know transgenderism to uh, the corruption of the elections. I wonder if it's really a very small percentage of people that are actually pushing that. And the rest of us are sitting there quietly going along because we are afraid someone will call us a name. Maybe. Well, yeah. If if maybe if if the people said, you know what? Okay, not all of us are going to pray. I understand not everybody believes in God. That's fine. That's the way America, you know, America was created with with the Judeo-Christian values, including the 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 value that says you can do something wrong it, you know, as long as you don't harm anybody else. But if we just stopped waiting and looking for someone else to do our job for us and said, let me take responsibility for my little piece. Let, I want to throw another scripture at you, and that's the, the book of Nehemiah. And in Nehemiah chapter 3 uh, is this, what a lot of people breeze over is a very boring chapter, because all it talks about are people building the wall right in front of them. The wall of Jerusalem had been torn down, it had been burned, it had been destroyed. Nehemiah wanted to rebuild it. Nehemiah didn't build one foot of that wall, but everybody took the piece of wall in front of them and fixed it. They didn't and fix that's exactly didn't, right. That's right? what we need to do right now. Everybody needs to pick up a brick. Well, Paul, we're just about out of time here. I want to thank you very much for being on the program with me today. Uh, folks, we, we have got some work to do. And I very much appreciate Paul Engel's perspective because he is so absolutely right. This is going to be a people's movement. It is going to be a people who restore a free America. It is going to be a people who are going to restore the election process that makes us prosper and choose the people who we believe are right for our nation. But if we fail, we will experience suffering and turbulence and all kinds of oppression like we have never experienced before. And it's not just going to be an American experience. It is going to be global in effect. And so we want to appeal to every American today, be one of that 3%, 4% that Paul Engel spoke about. Please take up the banner. Go to AmericaOutloud.news and become educated, get rid of the carelessness, get rid of the apathy that has destroyed us. We need to change our ways. We need to preserve the old America that was a good America so that we can have a posterity for those who come after us. Well, it's time to get involved and get loud, America.